All right, what is up, all you good, beautiful, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation? It's your host, Bryce Paul, and we have a special announcement. Uh, if you guys have been tuning in, you will know that we have the Crypto 2020 Summit that we are hosting. Uh, this is going to be January 29th to January 31st. We got over 60 of the biggest, baddest speakers in crypto presenting on their projections for 2020, what their projects are going to be doing, all sorts of fun forecasts. It's going to really be amazing. And the best part of it all is it's free and it is online. So go ahead to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free ticket, and we hope to see you there. All right, what is up, good citizens of Crypt Nation? I hope you guys are just having a wonderful morning, noon, and or night, because no matter where you are in the world, whether you're in San Diego, like me and Pizza Mind, or whether you're in Switzerland, uh, or perhaps Australia, or wherever you are, I hope, you know, it's going to be a good day. Why is it going to be a good day, Pete's mind? It's going to be a good day because I asked you some technical questions the other day uh, that I didn't know, and you didn't know either. So we reached into the Rolodex, and we picked out a name from the hat, and it is none other than our good friend, Paolo Arduino, the CTO of Bitfinex, who's here to shine some light on some upcoming new technology for us. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me today. I'm really happy uh, to uh, be part of your podcast. You know, we're, we're really excited. And, you know, I've been a big, 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 I think is an understatement, big fan of Bitfinex uh, since I got into the space in early 2016. And you guys have just been so impressive with not only your technical integrations, but, you know, the liquidity that's on your platform and, you know, the customer service and everything. So first, I just want to say as a, as a personal fan, you know, thanks for for building such a great platform and all the work that you guys are doing over there at Bitfinex and the, just the innovation that you guys are continually pushing for. Oh, man, you, you just made my evening. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> everything that we do is to, you know, to please uh, customers, uh, to, to be happy about, uh, yeah, what we are doing for the improvement of the space in general, but also, of course, customer satisfaction and uh, showing support to our community is the best thing ever for us. Yeah, and you, you guys just, you always make a point to put the customer first, and it's so apparent um, no matter what you guys do. So, you know, Paolo, let's just get into, you know, your background real quick. Uh, what were you doing before you were building one of the largest crypto exchanges in, in the world? And what really particularly drew you to the world of cryptocurrency? Yeah, uh, so, you know, I started coding at uh, A10. Uh, so, um, you know, my own time was really small, 600 people. There's um, All my friends were, were far from me. So uh, the only thing that I could do with a computer was, uh, was coding some games. And then I got internet quite soon, start coding. Um, and basically, I did that all my life till today. I started with, uh, you know, being uh, my career uh, to be as a Linux kernel hacker and then start working for um, a military project um, of uh, telecommunications in my hometown in Genoa, in Italy, and then decided that, well, the pay was not really amazing. So I said, well, finance might be an interesting one. And then I started to work in Switzerland with some different uh, hedge funds. And um, I figured out that I could bring that uh, expertise to London and build my own startup that was aiming to create an online portfolio management uh, for hedge funds. I 
got different big clients in, in the city. And then I said, well, uh, I really like Bitcoin. And I was completely dragged by the Bitcoin uh, world. So I started following Bitcoin in 2011, 2012, and then got more excited, more excited over time. And then in 2016, I decided to, to close uh, my startup and fully dedicate to Bitfinex. I started working the year before in 2015 as uh, a consultant for the matching engine and uh, you know, scalability improvements for the platform. But in 2016, after the hack, I decided to become full-time and take care of, of everything on the technical side, basically. That's awesome. And one of the, you know, just to kind of jump into, you know, the value proposition of a currency like Bitcoin, you know, my dad is always talking about, oh, well, why does it have any value if it's so volatile? And, you know, how does it keep value? So in your opinion, why does a currency like Bitcoin retain value over time? Well, I think that we are in uh, early stages of Bitcoin. I mean, it, is, it was born 10 years ago. So uh, I think, well, 11th, but uh, I think that, you know, uh, the, this kind of uh, technological advancement required time. People started to figure out and understand what Bitcoin is since two years. I mean, I'm talking about the, a broader audience. And um, it's again, we are still in early stages because uh, while we think that uh, now everyone in the world knows what Bitcoin is, um, there is still a lot of, of improvements to do on the usability point of view, on the adoption, mass adoption, uh, the, the wallets, the security, uh, not security of Bitcoin, but security of uh, understanding of security of people holding Bitcoin and their private keys. So on the regulatory side, so the volatility is due to the fact that while we keep talking about institutional customers, institutional customers are not yet in our industry. Bitfinex is one of the major uh, players when it comes to institutional customers. And trust me, we need still to see the big flow, uh, inflow that everyone was talking about last year and this year. It is yet to come. When that will come, when the liquidity will be enough, of course, the volatility will decrease. So I think that we should not uh, rush into uh, conclusions. We need to give uh, to the Bitcoin space time to evolve and, and get uh, becoming more stable. While I believe that this will come in the next, uh, I would say, five to well, five years at least, because I believe that the cur currently Bitcoin is way mm, uh, underpriced. When do you think that liquidity will come? Like, what kind of conditions need to happen? Do you think maybe at the next uh, giant parabolic bull run, when everyone's selling off, it'll finally be there, or maybe perhaps another long bear market where so many people are giving up? We know there's a lot of old wallets around with millions of Bitcoin that isn't moving at all. What do you think needs to happen? Well, of course, um, I think that when the Bitcoin will start reaching really um, new highs, the let's say the, um, the Bitcoin wallets that that are not moving since uh, years or never moved uh, will probably become active. So, of course, I get. I think that part of these uh, private keys were lost, but most of them are not. I think that we're early miners that just mine virgin Bitcoins and they're sitting there. So I think that as soon as we reach out new heights, these, these uh, guys will enter in the game. And uh, we, I would think that when it comes to institutional money, I think that uh, certain regulatory requirements will, will need to come into place. For example, 
Well, Bitfinex is um, supporting uh, unverified customers. I think this is a great thing. But, um, you know, uh, some, some banks might have problems with uh, knowing that their trading activity will be uh, one of the two legs of their trading activity will be executed towards an unverified customer, right? So, I mean, while uh, we, I'm a big fan and support of privacy, I, I see why there is some um, fear from the, the traditional regulated uh, world of um, dealing with um, uh, with cryptocurrency exchanges. So um, learning from that, our uh, derivatives market that we just launched have only uh, is only supporting verified customers because that is the hint that we got from the institutional funds that are interested to start um, trading on Bitfinex uh, quite soon. Oh, very interesting. So maybe you know if what I'm hearing is correct here. Of what I'm understanding is that maybe the most bullish thing to happen to our industry in the future will be, you know, regulatory clarity. And what kind of regulations exactly would we be looking for? So, you know, there is one of uh, the, the major one, I think, is called uh, FAFT, that is the travel rule. So, it requires that um, uh, an exchange, when a customer of Bitfinex uh, makes a withdrawal um, from Bitfinex to another exchange or to another wallet, Bitfinex will need to provide in some sort of way the customer information to the receiving party. So this uh, is raising a lot of concerns and fears in the the Bitcoin and crypto community, but there are good ways of handling that, in my opinion, and of course is all about the technical side. So in Bitfinex, we are uh, working on an out and solution that um, is just uh, for now will be uh, soon enough in Bitfinex will be opt-in just for the customers to test it. So uh, the idea is that uh, a customer that initiated withdrawal in Bitfinex will be able to get his uh, encrypted information with a, a key that only he will have. And um, he will be in charge of transmitting that key to decrypt his information to the receiving part. So if the receiving party is a, a wallet, his own wallet, no problem, right? There is, there is nothing to share. If the receiving party requires him to share this key in order to credit his deposit, he will be able to do that and provide that key. So again, this will be opt-in. It's something that we are experimenting. But the, my fear is that um, soon enough, there will be an additional in 2000. And when I say soon enough, I fear that in 2020, there will be a regulatory push to have all uh, exchanges supporting this type of technology. So we are experimenting with it and trying to understand how to implement something that will be good enough for regulators and at the same time will be uh, privacy protecting for, for our customers. Yeah, that is a huge challenge. And I mean, Hopefully there's a solution, maybe something like zero knowledge proofs as a technology that can potentially make both regulators and uh, the public that wants their privacy happy. Uh, it just gives a yes or no answer rather than actually displaying the private information. Maybe that would be good enough. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. One of the things that we talk about around here often that is going to be, you know, one of the words for 2020 is interoperability, allowing blockchains and protocols to talk amongst themselves. And that's a really, really difficult thing to do. And there's a few different layer two solutions that are kind of acting as an intermediary. What do you see 
as far as the near future for interoperability between blockchains and who's working on it? Um, so this is a really good topic because uh, I'm starting to see, especially in the past months, different uh, solutions proposed on how to you know, move uh, native tokens from a chain to another or tokens issued on one chain to other chains. The thing that uh, I, I think that Cosmos is, is, trying, is, uh, is doing that with uh, the hub concept. But the thing that I, I like more in, in our world, uh, in general in the world and in, especially in the crypto industry, is asymmetry. So I like, uh, so I, I like to see solutions that offer uh, gateways uh, to move uh, from, let's say, Ethereum to EOS and to EOS, from EOS to Ethereum, uh, from Ethereum to Cosmos and vice versa and so on, right? From Liquid to uh, to EOS and all, I mean, everything needs to be symmetric. Otherwise, we um, you lose in liquidity. One chain uh, will lose in liquidity and other chain will win, but it's, it's not a good solution to be asymmetric. So I'm, I'm currently uh, looking at and um, uh, trying to advise a project that is called Provable that is trying to call uh, to create something that are that is called P tokens. That yeah, is we, a nice solution. We just had uh, Thomas Bertani on the show a few weeks ago. He's wonderful. I met him in San Francisco. Oh, that's great. So I mean, I think that they have the right solution. I'm trying to uh, ad, uh, advise with uh, my expertise on how an exchange need in terms of uh, using let's say a superset or well say a, a set of wrap tokens as a different transport layer for let's say bitcoin ethereum or whatever right so we we can support eventually uh, pbtc uh, so uh, btc uh, handled by provable uh, as in the same way we handle btc and same with ethereum and so on and the cool thing about that is that is, is you can have uh, cross chain uh, swaps and you you have uh, one single uh, let's say technical layer that would be provable to handle uh, most of these swaps. So for exchanges, if there is a good adoption of provable, they will every exchange or most of the exchanges will start using that. So I'm interested to explore that with Tether and Bitfinex because that's a good solution. And there is no token that governs that, so I'm happy. So there is no let's say incentive. But is pure, let's say, a federation of uh, of uh, of signers that ensure the security of of the network. So I'm pretty interested in that one. Speaking of Tether, I know you guys recently swapped over off the Omni chain and onto Ethereum. And when I first read that that was in the plans, you know, some months ago, I thought, oh no, Ethereum's going to be slowed down even worse now. You know, Tether has to be one of the most transferred uh, coins in the industry. But what kind of uh, results are you seeing from your testing so far? You know, we had different, um, we, we saw, at least I saw on Twitter, different complaints from uh, people in, involved in Ethereum uh, development saying, well, you know, Tether uh, can um, affect the, um, the possibility for other projects to run smoothly on chain. And um, that is kind of true. As soon as uh, Binance and Huobi and Bitfinex and other make the, made the switch, to, to Ethereum, or that uh, increase the number, of course, the, let's say the um, number of transaction of the Tether Ethereum by, by a lot. Bitfinex, I think, is the only one that supports multiple blockchains for Tether. 
But um, you know, when when I design the new uh, strategy for Tether on the technical side, my I had always in mind that Tether shouldn't rely on a single blockchain. Um, so we started with Omni, then we moved to Ethereum, that we added EOS, then we added Liquid, and we added Tron, and we are working with Algorand because you know. Um, the blockchain should be for Tether just transport layers. The value of Tether shouldn't change across the different blockchains. Right. So I, I, I didn't mean to, to pollute the Ethereum blockchain. If it will be too slow or it will be too uh, polluted and uh, the gas uh, price will start to go up, then uh, we will see uh, move a shift to other blockchains. Do you have a friend who's interested in getting into cryptocurrency, but they don't know where to start building their portfolio? Well, we have the answer. It's called Copy Trader by eToro. With Copy Trader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders, just like myself or Bryce or Kevin, at the exact price point and in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply just sign up and copy our trades. Any profits that we make, you do too. Proportional to your investment, of course. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash crypto101. Thank you. Could it be possible, um, like kind of transitioning the conversation over to the Lightning Network, but also in context of Tether, is it possible that you could issue Tether on the Lightning Network? Uh, you are, you are just um, uh, raised my preferred topic. So um, Bitfinex and Tether are funding a project that is called RGB that is um, a protocol that was started by uh, Peter Todd and Giacomo Zucco and others and um, that allowed to, to issue assets on, the liquid, uh, on, on liquid. I think that is one of the most interesting things that we will see in 2020 and early 2021. Because that will really allow peer-to-peer -peer assets um, and uh, and peer-to-peer um, -peer atomic swaps in a really um, so. Imagine if you could could move Tether in the same way you can move Satoshi's on the Lightning Network. I mean, I think that I cannot describe how how much I'm excited about that. That sounds amazing. I'm really excited, and also, I mean, I guess we should just stay on the Lightning Network. You know, kind of at a high level. What is this layer two solution? What's what's its purpose? And we don't necessarily want to talk about the technicals of how it's achieved, but you know why is it existing? It is existing because um, Bitcoin block time uh, is uh, above ten minutes, and there is the idea, and I think that is the right idea, to keep the layer, the first layer that is Bitcoin, really simple quote, quote, simple, right? So Bitcoin is really a beautiful beast and has its, its own complexities. But um, you don't want to add uh, complex smart contract uh, capabilities or other things to the main layer. That needs to remain simple. And um, the, all the complexity, all the experimentations need to happen on a second layer that can... Um, take advantage of the security of the first layer, but adding more functionalities. So that is, is exactly Lightning. And the beauty of Lightning is that um, allows a direct one-to-one -one channel 
So I can open a channel from me to you and we can keep sending back and forth Satoshis or Bitcoin in order to process uh, payments or settling transactions. It is great for, for e-commerce. It is great for uh, business-to-business uh, payments. And we are testing that, for example, with Bitrefill. Bitfinex customers can buy gift cards from Bitrefill and uh, the, the, the Bitcoin are immediately settled through the Lightning Network channel. So you don't have to wait for a block, right? So you don't have to wait 10 minutes to see your payment reaching destination. So that is the beauty of Lightning Network. And of course, it's still in development and right now allows small payments, but it is growing. And with more adoption, it will grow and will the, the, cha- the size of the channel and the limits will, will get uh, raised. And we're big fans of Lightning Network and BitRefill over here. Bryce talks about BitRefill all the time. And um, so that's just another incredible product that uh, is coming out of that, that region there. We want to... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done talk a little bit more about just uh, your views on the industry in general. I mean, you've been in crypto for so long and you've seen it evolve year after year after year. Do you feel like things are really trending in the right direction? I know some people feel like maybe they missed the boat and you know the good times are over. What would you say to those people and their FUD, if you will? Well, I think that uh, the mass adoption is not here yet. So uh, I think that Bitcoin and crypto in general has a long way to go. I think that we are still in early stages. I think that uh, um, with all, if people keep reading, keep uh, trying to um, uh, acquire more education, because 
myself and all the, the long-standing people that I know of, uh, in the crypto industry that are in the industry since seven years, six years, five years, they are all learning because there are so many news, so, many, so much information and so many things that are happening that I think that um, we'll see in the next years what really is adoption, what really can be the price of Bitcoin when the entire world understand the potential of crypto. So right now is is still a niche, and uh, trust me, it's like that. We see that in in uh, talking with uh, um, the entire traditional finance, they know about Bitcoin, but they never experienced, and they didn't even have the feeling of touching, playing with it. As soon as people understand it, as soon as the entire new generation will start playing with it they, they cannot stop it's like a drug so time will come uh rom was it wasn't built in a day um that's my well, opinion i i agree completely um you know that's one of our missions here at crypto 101 is just to keep educating people and asking the hard questions and, and getting everybody the answers that they need so education is super important um and kind of in that same vein of what you're just talking about you know what trends do you do you see unfolding uh, for 2020? Not necessarily price trends, but maybe there are one or two things that you're seeing on the bleeding edge that are really going to come to fruition and be uh, become maybe household names here in 2020. So I think that the, the two most interesting topics uh, are um, cross chain swaps. And uh, like network, if we want to build on that, I think that on the product side, when it comes to exchanges, I think that options will be a really interesting market for um, 2020. Uh, I would imagine that we you know with Alvin coming uh, an option market for miners that can uh, have some sort of uh, a way to basically they have a market to uh, manage better their risk. Uh, when it comes instead to technology, I, I believe that we will see more, let's say, day-to-day uh, use cases for crypto. I see that Samsung is adding uh, wallets to the smartphones. So Right, uh, that's that, big. Yeah, that is really big. I, I think that it will bring crypto knowledge to, uh, to uh, hundreds of millions of people. So we, we, see, we will see an erase from big uh, tech giants uh, in 2020 for sure. So I'm expecting that. Awesome. You've been around through a couple halvings. Is that correct? Bitcoin halvings? Uh, yeah. Um, what do you think is going to be the effect? Could you, could you first you know, talk about what the halving is and why it's important because of you know, maybe how much sell pressure it removes from the miners and you know, kind of what are you expecting in terms of Bitcoin uh, going into the happening and coming out of it? So this is an interesting question because with, with the happening, of course, we'll, uh, we'll, we will see uh, much less uh, Bitcoin uh, available as a block reward, right? So I, I'm reading around. I'm not really good in price prediction, but someone says that the halving, halving has been already accounted for. Someone says it's not. So I'm a fan of uh, the fact that, uh, uh, of course, if we'll, I mean, my, my gut says, if, uh, um, if there will be less Bitcoin mined per block or as a block reward, then 
how we, we need to see a price increase to cover the costs of the miners. So I'm, you know, basic, basic uh, uh, thinking. But I believe that it's, if Bitcoin doesn't die, and I don't think it will, then we need to see uh, the price following uh, the, the halving. And how are miners reacting around uh, this sort of event? Um, I mean, recently we had the, the Litecoin halving, and that, that literally was the, the top of the Litecoin market. You know, miners are just, hey, well, now we get half the rewards, so we're shutting off our miners until a, a better day. Do you, do you kind of foresee a lot of miners shutting their, or shutting their businesses down until it, the network difficulty gets lowered? Well, that, that, that is possible. I believe that, uh, I mean, my, my gut is that we, need, we will need to see a price increase in Bitcoin to, um, to uh, allow um, the, the, to keep the same um, uh, mining power um, available. Otherwise, the, I mean, the block time will be you know, uh, quite terrible. Right. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm definitely hoping and praying for that as well. And th- this is also another question that is kind of uh, roundabout, and we haven't really talked about it, but I mentioned, or I, I remember you mentioning that uh, you're over in Switzerland, and there's a project that I've been keeping an eye on for, for quite some time that's out of Switzerland called Tezos. Have you heard of Tezos? Yes, uh, Are- I heard about them. Yes, and we listed also in Big Phoenix. And what, what are your general thought, like uh, general thoughts on Tezos? Do you think it's um, going to really solve the problems that it's setting out to do? Good team? I think that they have a really good team. I think that uh, uh, at least what from what I'm seeing uh, in our customer base and uh, in general social media, they seem to be one of the most uh, considered projects in this period. They have a huge and mass, uh, number of, uh, massive number of followers. They seems to do uh, to do uh, to be delivering what they promise. You know, they they started a bit late uh, because uh, I think that they have some issues with uh, with um, setting up the correct uh, uh, managerial structure uh, and um, foundation and so on. But now they seems to be to be moving at the right pace. So um, that's why Bitfinex decided to list it uh, really early, as soon as uh, it was available. We are the margin trading. I believe that they are a good project to follow, at least. Very cool. Yeah, we've definitely got our eyes on uh, Tezos around here as well. But I want to move the conversation a little bit. Uh, one of the best innovations, aside from Tezos, was Tether. Because before Tether, you had to trade in a market with no hedge for your risk. So if Bitcoin or Ethereum or Ripple was, you know, diving down, you had no safeguard to transfer your money into. You had to really sell off and get out of crypto altogether. And looking back, that's almost laughable to think that anyone was ever able to trade in that kind of environment. But Tether really changed the game and allowed crypto trading to be a much safer place. And since then, you know, many, many other stable coins have come out that are very similar. And uh, it gives a good diversity, so you know Tether's resources are not exhausted. Um, but uh, now we have all these central banks saying that they're going to come out with their own digital currency stable coins, so to speak. But there's going to be different concerns and functions to them because you know countries are super concerned about capital flight, money laundering, all these things. Do you think that uh, these stable coins are going to have to evolve and adapt these incoming standards? or if um, they're just simply going to be apples and oranges, even though they're both fruits, so to speak? So 
That is an, a good one. Uh, well, Tether started in 2014, and uh, honestly, till early 2017, uh, the adoption was quite slow. Then, of course, the sudden interest in the crypto industry brought a really high adoption to Tether as the best way to move funds across uh, exchanges. Right, the 99% of the use case in Tether is uh, cross-exchange arbitrage. So um, right now we we will see. Uh, and before you ask me uh, what uh, can be an interesting thing that we will see in the in 2020, uh, and I forgot to mention that remittances is a huge market, and that you are right, it will then uh, capital flow and. Um, it uh, of course it is of course a fear of um, of, of um, central banks. So it's really important that the stablecoin will have all the tools available to track the usage of their of uh, the stablecoin on chain. So for example, today um, we announced the the collaboration with Chainalysis because uh, of course you need to uh, understand how your stablecoin is used, where it's moving. You need to have tools to freeze transactions if, uh, if uh, regulators and law enforcement ask you. That these are really important tools and uh, you, you, cannot, you, you cannot ever relax. You have to, to keep you know, providing information uh, to and uh, educating also law enforcement to to um, make sure they understand how a stable coin move on chain, how you can uh, you are preventing it to finish in uh, in let's say to be used for in uh, illicit for illicit uh, businesses. Uh, when it comes to nationwide uh, stable coins, uh, I think that I really welcome that. I, I know that China is probably the first one that is, is doing it. But also in Europe, I, I, I heard that France is looking into it and maybe uh, the Central European Bank. So that is amazing. That is an amazing push for crypto technology. Uh, I believe that stablecoins like Tether will have their own niche. Of course, we don't plan to replace you know, a, um, a country currency. Uh, but we uh, our niche is to serve the purpose of uh, uh, of a currency, a common currency, among uh, the crypto space in this moment, to to expand the business in remittances and uh, you know e-commerce. So that is our niche, and I think that we are doing good. We have uh, still a lot of possi- uh, possibility to expand our our business there. Very well said, and and really appreciate all that insight there in regards to regulations and stable coins. You know, when we started trading crypto back in, you know, 2016, there was only a few crypto exchanges that you could really trust. And now we're all the way here, but practically in 2020, and there's hundreds of crypto exchanges that all are, you know, licensed and legitimate and everything. And, you know, we saw Bitfinex's volumes uh, start to dwindle, even though it's, you know, far and away, one of the most advanced uh, and reputable exchanges. So why do you kind of think that your market share was, you know, lost a little bit? And are there plans to, to regain that market share? And maybe it's with some new innovative products or with the derivatives market that you guys are offering? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I get this, this question also um, made by Bitfinex shareholders. And, you know, the volume I keep, uh, w- one thing that I, I explain is that 
volume is not the, a key metric, or at least it's one of the key metrics you can consider. Liquidity is the most important thing. Ah. You know, uh, some customers ask us, well, why your fees are not as low as some competitors? But of course, if uh, you give uh, one basis point taker fee and a zero maker fee or whatever, right, you, you can create any kind of volume. But there, is, there are two results out of that. Okay. Of course, you have a, a big trading volume, but your liquidity will be affected, right? Because if there is no cost in removing liquidity from the books, then every time there is a price movement, a significant price movement, the books and um, the price of that exchange will be dislocated. So, of course, in Bitfinex, we are working these days to come up with uh, a better uh, and more up-to-date um, fee-tier system that um, improves uh, and, um, our situation um, with competitors. But look at our... If you want two, two really interesting metrics, one is liquidity, and we get still today a praise for liquidity. And that should, should make you think, right? Why Bitfinex has so, much, so little volume if it is the most liquid exchange? And the reason is that we are monitoring and severely punishing everyone that tries to wash trade. The, the fees will not allow you to create um, inflated volume. And the fact that we have easily zero maker fees allow and push people to bring liquidity to Bitfinex. That and you know that is really an important factor. And uh, you know the um, uh, the fact that if, if you see on chain our uh, cold wallets, Bitcoin cold wallets, you can see that they didn't diminish. They are above um, the uh, well. They are. Uh, probably be below a couple of uh, big exchanges of uh, two or three exchanges, but we are fourth, I think, and it's not bad. So you would expect that from an exchange that is, is doing so little volume, quote, quote, then uh, you have lost customers and so on. I believe that we are now in a quite relaxed and stalled market where you see days where the price move $100 in like four days, and you see exchanges that make 100, 200 million in, in volume. I mean, that, that doesn't feel right. So I, I believe that uh, our volumes are good and correct for the kind of market that is this now. I know it might be controversial. I know that is, of course, is my exchange. But every the logic dictates this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, We see that in many different coins and other exchanges where we're like, Come on, that can't be real. I don't know anyone who's ever used that or traded that. But uh, you know, Bitfinex is, in our opinion, is you know one of the leaders in this space and always will be. So thank you so much for giving us a peek behind the curtain a little bit of uh, what your life is like as a CTO. But we want to ask you a couple more personal questions before we wrap things up. Uh, since you've been around for so long, give us you know what's one person that you really really admire who motivates you to do what you do. I think that. Uh Customers are really my uh, my driver. You know, the, the, I I have so many traders. They have my personal contact, my personal phone. They 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 drive me all day and night, and I always reply. I mean, my wife is not so happy, but I never have the the ringtone down because I really love talking and getting uh, messages by, by by customers. So if I see them happy, if I see them playing with our APIs, with uh, uh, ha happy about our matching engine, 
what I I need more. I, I, I wake up every day and, you know, I, I slap myself and think that I'm being me because I have the best job ever. That's amazing. I love that answer. Uh, what company besides Bitfinex or Tether or anything else that you're directly involved in do you think is going to have the greatest impact on the crypto space in 2020? Um, I will say uh, something maybe obvious, I think is Bitrefill. They have an amazing business model and they are basically the missing piece for the, for the circular economy. So what is missing now? I mean, exchanges are nice, right? You can buy and sell Bitcoin, and but back and forth, back and forth. So you need to give to customers also a way to live on crypto. And that was the missing piece. And they are really doing uh, closing the gap pretty well. So I, I think that they will have a really bright future in 2020. Yeah, I definitely agree. And if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, guys, that when this episode is concluded, just Google BitRefill. Uh, you'll be very impressed. Yeah, they have a uh, really great, uh, they got a really great web app. They got an iOS app and they've got Android. So, so definitely check them out. And, and Paolo, our, our last question for you today is a question that we've asked every single guest who's ever come on Crypto 101. And it is, you know, what advice can you give somebody who's just getting into the space? You know, maybe they, this is the first podcast they've ever listened to and you're the first CTO they've ever heard. Uh, what would you want them to know? I want them to know that they need to uh, follow uh, less the craziness of Twitter, uh, listen more to Crypto 101, um, maybe uh, uh, read over time with uh, their own pace to read a bit more and te- uh, the technical side of things, to enter a bit more in the technical uh, parts of Bitcoin and genuine crypto, to try to understand you know, every day, every week, a bit more. That that will that will prepare them for uh, being ahead of the mass adoption. But because that will come, and understanding on how this uh, world of uh, uh, you know crypto uh, keys and um, uh, digital asset work, you need to be really well aware on how the, the good way, the best way to keep your funds safe. Right, because in banks, the banks somehow help you to, to secure your funds, and it's really hard to lose money in a bank. But when it comes to private, private keys, you need to be to not trust anyone. You need to, and I'm saying that as an exchange, you need to take good care of your keys as they were they're your own children. So that is the best advice I can give. Learn how learn the technology. One step at a time, you don't need to be, let's say, a developer. You don't need to be so technical, but you need to, to spend so, some time to learn. And you need to also, uh, especially to learn how to protect your own wealth. Absolutely. Man, that is that is amazing. And, uh, you know, we, we are such big proponents of, you know, not your keys, not your coins. Um, so, so, Paolo, thank you so much for joining us today. This was just a true, a true pleasure and quite the treat. Uh, so we hope that we can speak with you very soon. Um, and whenever you have big announcements coming out of uh, Bitfinex, we'd love to would love to get you back on the show. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Bryce and Aaron. Uh, it was really a big pleasure for me to, uh, for uh, being uh, with you today. Take care. 
Crypt Nation just a friendly neighborhood reminder to go to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free conference pass to the online summit, Crypto 2020 Summit. We got 60 speakers who are giving their bold predictions for prices and bold predictions for uh, technological developments in this crazy crypto space. So if you want to be the first to know the big news and you want to make sure that you're in touch and in tune, go to Crypto2020Summit.com right now and register for free. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.